Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today is Monday. <sighs> Monday, however, despite being the first day of the work week, which is not great, is Movie Mondays, which is great. Hmm. So they cancel each other out, just being okay, I guess. Here. Uh, on the bright side, I slept for 13 hours last night, which, although not a record, perhaps, uh, I have not done that in a while, so I'm feeling pretty good for Monday. Yay. Sleeping for long periods of time. As you are no doubt aware, Movie Mondays, we discuss... Pelicans. Jesus, that is stupid. No, we wouldn't do such a thing. We discuss movies. Uh, with that in mind, I like to say at the top of every show, but especially on Movie Mondays, that there will be spoilers. This is your one, and most likely only, spoiler warning. So, if you have not seen these movies, perhaps skip through that section, or uh, do like I do, if people on a podcast are reviewing a movie that I have no desire to see, uh, I'll, I'll listen to the review anyways, because hey, that way you'll have a little knowledge of it, despite not seeing it. Gives the illusion uh, of intelligence. I th Also, I like to say that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Again, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is that perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Thank you. Today's sponsor is... Ooh, three sponsors today. Interesting. Today's sponsors is... Sponsors is... Uma Thermos. Heather Graham Crackers. And Pam Gruyere Cheese. Once again, today's sponsors is Uma Thermos, Heather Graham Crackers, and Pam Gruyere Cheese. Alright, let's jump right in. Uh, I have three movies, I guess technically four movies, that I am going to attempt to get in on the way to work. So, wish me luck with that. The first one is called Nausicaa, colon, Valley of the Wind. Exclamation point? No. That would be weird. This is fitting in with our theme. I think the last three now, Movie Mondays, I have brought back a anime movie because I got myself a bunch of them from a list of top 100 anime movies and I'm uh, chucking one in your ear holes every week now. Something interesting about doing this so far is that every one I've watched, I have liked more than the previous one. So, uh, I'm hoping this coming weekend, I'm going to maybe even bring you a 5 out of 5 anime movie. We will see. Uh, this one was good. I think it amped up the anime craziness, which I uh, am a fan of. One of the reasons I actually watched this. This version I watched, I believe was the uncut version. I think there is a, like, hour and a half one, and this was the two-hour one, and change. Uh, I also watched the English-dubbed version, which is normally what I do, just uh, for the reason, mostly, that 
Uh, I am watching movies while playing video games, which you can't do if it's subtitles. So, there you go. There's that little fact and tidbit for you. Movie is uh, a post-apocalyptic... Oh, well, you know what? That explains it right there. The movie takes place in a post-apocalyptic world. This has come up quite a few times in the Libro Cube, but it seems any time a book or a video game or a movie or... I guess there's not much TV shows that I've brought back. Uh, anything post-apocalyptic I seem to be really drawn towards and uh, really enjoy and really give uh, higher ratings than I would otherwise. This uh, apocalypse apparently took the form of a uh, poisonous gas released uh, on the Earth that had the combination of killing most people and turning plants into into killer plants. Killer plants in the sense that they re now release this poisonous gas. I don't think it's so much gas, actually, as it is like spores, plant spores, fungi spores. Yeah, so that's sort of the uh, backdrop of the world. This uh, movie came out back in the 80s? Yeah, back in the 80s. Was it or 90s? Uh, I can't remember. I think maybe the original Japanese was in the 80s and then the dubbed English was in the 90s. Uh, that might not be right. Anyways, there was some uh, big names for voice actors, although I guess at the time they weren't yet big names. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so there's uh, some of the people who did the voice acting were uh, Patrick Stewart, who, of course, as you know, uh, I had the pleasure of maybe meeting, is a strong word, but getting my picture taken with and uh, getting his autograph at Toronto Comic Con 2013, which you can witness for yourself on my other little website called Nerd Kane Adventures. So if you go into Google and type in Nerd Kane Adventures, you can see that for yourself. Please do so. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Edward James Olmos, which I thought was kind of interesting because. Uh, both Edward James almost and Patrick Stewart ended up being captains of their respective uh, starships. Well, I guess almost was actually an admiral, but but still interesting nonetheless. Also, uh, Mark Hamill. So you're pulling people from all sorts of sci-fi worlds for this, which was uh, pretty cool. And uh, also voiced uh, Uma Thurman. Hmm. Wait a second, Uma Thurman, Uma Thermos? Hey, something's funny there. Uh, the movie stars Nausicaa, who has kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of special powers in that she um, maybe communicate, is too strong a word, can't communicate, I'm going to use it anyways, with the insect life of this poison glass spew gas uh, spewing forest forest that is slowly growing and encroaching on humanity. What remains of it? Huh? How about that? So, um, she is the, uh, I guess, princess of these people, and uh, an army invades, an army with a mind to destroy, burn down this uh, spore-spewing forest and kill all the insects within. Some very, very strange thing about this sort of section here is that they come and invade Nausicaa's uh, village, township, whatever you want to call it, and say, we're just here to help, yet they kill a bunch of people, including the, the reigning king. It's a very strange way to help by killing a lot of them. Huh. Uh, let's... One thing about trying to fit 
three and a half, four movies into a single drive means uh, it's much easier not to spoil these. So, I'm not going to, other than to throw up my rating, which is... Ah, jeez. It's, it's kind of rare that I come across a movie that uh, the rating stumps me. Normally it hits right off the bat. Uh, I'm going to go three to four. Oh, That's uh, kind of not fair. But uh, let's say, depending on what your mood is, <laughs> the, the rating will, will change. If you're really in the mood for some anime, uh, I'd give it a four. If you're just kind of picking movies to pick movies, they'll go three. All right, I could do that because A, I am by no means a professional movie reviewer, and B, I do what I want because it's my podcast and I can rate things how I want when I want to. You would rate things too if it was your podcast. Oh, that, that was bad. Okay, movie the second was called About Cherry. Ah, this is a, uh, I wrote it down even, uh, IFC film. They, apparently, the independent, well, yeah, it's an independent film channel. Is that what IFC stands for? I'm pretty sure. Come out with the odd movie, and um, I think every one I've ever watched I've really enjoyed, so... I wanted to bring that up, that if you are watching a movie and see that at the beginning, the odds are you're going to have some fun. This one is about a... Well, this one is about a girl who wants to leave the nest. Uh, the only way she can sort of reasonably see to do this is to get some naughty naked pictures taken of herself. The movie, one of the, the sort of main themes, I guess you could say, is her sort of slowly amping up the nudity and uh, risqueness. Ah, yeah, how about that, risqueness? So she'll start just taking some uh, some naked pictures, then uh, she makes the jump over to working at a strip club, um, although she's just a waitress there. Then um, one thing, one step she didn't do, actually, was dance at the strip club. She kind of jumped from waitressing to taking videos, uh, pornographic videos. Then there, she starts off solo, then uh, goes with girls, and then lastly makes the step to being with a guy, which I guess is the, the last stepping stone of being a total uh, porn star naughty naughty person. So that's the backdrop. Uh, and, then, and then also she is, or ends up dating James Franco, who is sort of an artist uh, addicted to drugs. Oh, bad drugs. So who's really the bad person there, eh? The guy addicted to drugs, or the girl who is using her beautiful, beautiful body to make money? I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna say the druggie, yeah. She moves to, uh, away from home to San Francisco and brings, uh, with her one of her friends, her friends being this, um, Indian guy, sort of, <laughs> uh, it's funny, I, the, the very, very definition of friend zone, this guy. So if you are unfamiliar with the term friend zone, it's where uh, a guy, I guess I could go the other way, a guy really, really likes a girl and wants to get with her, basically. However, she is totally oblivious to this fact and just treats you sort of as a friend or a brother. Like, <laughs> like in this movie, even to the point where they sleep in the same bed in this San Francisco apartment because she's like, oh no, that's that's fine. I, I don't care. You're 
you're, you're like my brother. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. So the most friend-zoned man ever in a movie I've ever seen. So poor bastard. Her mom is a uh, alcoholic, which was part of the reason she wanted to move out. Also in the movie is Miss Heather Graham, who's looking pretty goddamn good. Uh, she is one of the movie directors, the pornographic movie directors, who ends up falling in love with uh, Cherry. Cherry is not her uh, name in the movie. That's her porn name. Also not her name in real life. I did not write down her name, Shet, uh, of the girl who played Cherry. Uh, I don't think I've seen her before, but that kind of fits with the IFC films in that they'll quite often take uh, relatively unknown actors and actresses and put them in movies with known actors and actresses. So I, I like that combination. She was pretty smoking too, and you got to see her boobs quite a few times. So thumbs up for that. Gonna give the movie a four to five. Four to five. Very good. Very much enjoyed it. Uh, available on uh, Netflix, I should mention. So is Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown from probably my favorite movie maker. I, I think just sort of in general has never made a bad movie that I've seen. Mr. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, I saw oh, it was available on Netflix and realized that I had only seen it like once when it came out back in the 90s, I guess it was, and then maybe once since then. And it's been such a long time that I almost did not remember for the most part, the plot whatsoever. So uh, I wanted to catch up with our buddy, our pal, Miss Jackie Brown, played by Pam Greer Cheese. I mean, Pam Greer. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a story of a flight attendant who gets caught smuggling money and a little bit of drugs. So basically decides, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, to... Uh, in order to get off to work with the feds to bring down Samuel L. Jackson, who plays a an arms dealer. So the money was some of the money he had stockpiled in selling arms. Arms and armor? No, I don't think so. Hmm. See, back a long time ago, when you sold arms, you would also sell armor. However, nowadays, it's more just arms, less on the armor. Interesting. Anyways, um, also in the movie, Mr. Bobby De Niro. I like to call him Bobby De Niro. Yeah. Who plays uh, Samuel Jackson's kind of uh, buddy recently released from prison, is thinking of joining, joining the arms race. Uh, this movie is awesome, full of uh, setups and double crosses. I won't really go too much into the story because I don't have time. <laughs> and one thing I do remember from seeing this movie um, when it first came out and whenever the other time was, that it's a, it's a complicated story. And uh, you really have to kind of pay attention to what's going on because there's so much happening at once. Uh, that being said, easy for me to give it a 5 out of 5. What Quentin Tarantino, I've decided, one thing he does better than anyone else is um, music. And he must, I assume... Well, maybe he doesn't. No, well, probably does. Pay a fortune for the movie that he, for the music he puts in his movies. Like sometimes he'll pick, I guess, relatively unknown 
people, but then once he does that, they become uh, quite often famous. He, he just has the best uh, instincts for picking songs to set moods, uh, which is one of the reasons it is easy to give him a 5 out of 5. Okay, last, I'm going to fit it in come hell or high water, it is a movie called The Comedy. Hmm. Starring Tim and Eric from Tim and Eric Awesome Show, Great Job, from Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie, for example. Tim Heidecker and Eric Uh, I've brought these guys up a couple of times on the podcast, I think most recently on a Comedy Bang Bang episode, just to say that... Uh, within comedy circles, they are very, very highly respected, and I do not, have not, did not ever seem to understand <laughs> why that fact is. Uh, I did catch a couple episodes here and there of Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job. I did watch Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. I did watch this movie, because I always like to give... Uh, people a chance that other people think are funny. You're usually, it's usually not so much a chance. However, yeah, <laughs> I still don't get them, and I think I'm going to have to give up. I'm pretty sure, uh, as far as these two and comedy are concerned, unless I hear from, like, maybe a friend sees one of their movies and says it was really funny, but from now on, I'm going to kind of avoid their stuff, because I just don't get it. The movie was... Uh, hour and 40 minutes long. I laughed once uh, at about an hour and a half, and it was because <laughs> I actually don't even know if it was Tim or Eric, which uh, which one is the sort of main guy. He did a uh, spot-on, super awesome impression of Nick Nolte. It was the best Nick Nolte impression I have ever heard, uh, which got a good laugh out of me, or uh, at the very least, a laugh. Okay, so uh, I'm going to give the movie a one. Uh, avoid it. It is not good. Uh, it is available for free on Netflix, so this is what you could do, is um, get it and then watch his Nick Nolte impression at the very end, and then you've had yourself a good time and not wasted an hour. It's just, I, I don't know what the story is, it's boring, no laughs, uh, yeah, I did not like it at all. Uh, is it the first one I've ever given? Anyways, I'm at work. So, that was the episode. I thank you for listening and um, even it's nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Libro Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it 
be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.